Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. Uh, Today's episode is a bonus episode chatting all about one of the films premiering at Fright Fest later this month. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by Aaron Truss, the producer of documentary Cult of VHS, which has its world premiere at Fright Fest in London on the 28th of August. Aaron is an award-winning director and producer, best known for Knox, the Rob Knox story, Aaron studied at Thames Valley University in London and spent over a decade working in post-production, creating original content for IMAX and Sony Pictures. Welcome to Horror Hangout, Aaron. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Hello. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. That was I've never been introed before on anything. It kind of feels like this is your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you missed out yeah. uh, a tap dancer, singer voyeur i don't know yeah no it was good i like it thank you okay and now i'm gonna bring out loads of people from your past that you thought you've forgotten about but they're all here but this is daddy (laughs) (laughs) you came back dad you came back dad (laughs) Uh, i knew you'd never leave me (laughs) uh so thank you very much uh for joining us congratulations first off on cult of vhs thank you so much man i'm super proud of it and and everyone who's worked on it, it's been a long journey, about three years, I think. Wow, that's quite a journey. So, uh, yeah, so before we get started, I'll just read out some details on the film. So Cult of VHS is a documentary focusing on the age of VHS, eccentric collectors from around the globe, and the video nasties that became a cent- the centre of a controversial debate on censorship in the 80s and 90s. This informative documentary explores the allure the nostalgic artwork, straight-to-video titles, and yes, the video nasties for engaging, thought-provoking, and entertaining interviews of collectors, film directors, and VHS enthusiasts. That covers it, right? I think that's it in a nutshell, I think, yeah. That's it in a nutshell. (laughs) Quite a big nutshell as well, but I like big nutshells, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah, so this is like an international cross-section of the cult of VHS, isn't it? It's... uh, is that a good way to describe it? That's I would what say I so. It, 
yeah i would definitely say it's it's most certainly international just because of all the voices in this film and i was pleasantly surprised to see that my childhood which you know i cherish you know all those nights going to the video store and renting a movie for the weekend and things like that and it just turned out to be something that everyone experienced whether they were from australia italy france uh it's a, it, it just felt like i wasn't alone and we were all coming together and we could relate on this sort of ritual if you want to call it that and that's what makes this film special to me mm. i know we're not the first documentary to cover the vhs era and you know the 80s and 90s and, and whatnot but the thing that makes this all the more special is i think it has a lot of heart it delves into not just the nostalgia of that era and what our childhoods were like but i think it it does bring a lot of people together whether they're collectors whether or not um they're filmmakers i kind of feel like we all bond over and even though we've never met each other um you know we've been in the same room together it kind of feels like we're telling the same story but it's incredibly interesting to hear hear that story from all sides of the world you know hmm. yeah definitely it was it was really interesting to hear it from all sides of the world and see that everybody kind of experienced pretty much the same sort of ritual as well i, for, I guess like a forgotten ritual like when you try and explain mm. this like I've, I've got a 12 year old daughter and when i try and explain to her what of like a video shop is just she sort of just stares straight through me as if I'm talking a language she doesn't understand. Uh, uh, I know exactly what you mean. Someone the other day asked me what a floppy disk was, and I just mm. I had to leave the room. I had to, I had to leave. <laughs> I had to leave London. I was like just walking on the beach trying to find my my soul. Going, I'm not that old, am I? Like, no. Like, is this? Am I old? And you look at your hands, and they slowly age. Or like the bit at the end of a. Uh, the video the same <laughs> private Ryan when Matt Damon yeah. turns old in seconds. It, it was exactly, it was, yeah, it was like drinking from the wrong Holy Grail. And I was like, ah, no, uh, it's not, not my time one. yet. It's ridiculous. What, but what kind of yeah. storage has these floppy disks got on them then? Come on, they got a few gigabits, right? No. Oh my God. <laughs> what, was, what was it? If anyone can remember, was it one point something megabyte or, or I could probably fit a too. Word document yeah. on it or something? That sounds or... like too much. Yeah, maybe I'm like being a bit stacks, stacks of stacks of of floppy disks for various. For various That's it. Things. Yeah, every spy film in the nineties, I got a virus, and they whip out a floppy disk. You're like, all right, yeah, sure, sure, you've got a virus. Down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> green text on the screen. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like we're pretty lucky though i feel like to have been able to experience this like i know people are gonna look back at streaming and stuff like in its current format in years to come and kind of feel nostalgic for it but i, f I feel really lucky to have these memories to tap into of, of going to like video stores and looking at all the box art and feeling totally. there was more yeah. effort involved and there was it, like i said it was like it's like a ritual so you know it, it's you know, I know everything is a click away now, you know, even shopping or hookers, not that I would know, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, you don't Couple have to of actually. Yep. Yep. There you go. You can just edit that <laughs> bit out. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't have to go out as much anymore. And I think, you know, getting in the car or walking down to the Blockbuster or Mum and Pops or, or whatever was your video store. I mean, there was something so cool about that and also yeah the the box art and things like that and talking to other customers and 
you know, people recommending you films. Like if someone says to you, oh, I've just watched Sandman on Netflix. It's absolutely incredible. You should check it out. All you've got to do is go on your phone, watch a trailer and go, eh, it looks all right. You know, but when someone says to you back in 1980 something, oh, you've really got to see this film, Nightmare on Elm Street. Have you heard of it? No, what it's about. And then you have to, there's more effort involved. You have to give a synopsis. You have to tell them your favorite bits. And then the next time they're at the video store, like, have you got this? Because you haven't seen a trailer. You haven't seen anything about it because you didn't have access to everything immediately. So there there was more hype as well, I think. The more the, there was more buildup in your mind. And and, and I, I, I missed that as well. I mean, it was... It was always those. Have you seen this film? Have you seen? You know, I remember looking for Hellraiser for for quite a number of years, um, just trying to track it down because I'd heard about this person called Pinhead, and there's a bit where this guy's head gets ripped apart and all this stuff. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going, "This is crazy." Now, <laughs> you've only got to say, I mean, there there are people who I work with who everyone you know sends each other gifts and things like that. And someone was frustrated at work not long ago, and they sent me a gif of the guy's head exploding in scanners. And I got excited, <laughs> yeah. and I thought, oh, oh, you're a scanners fan. He went, what? I went, no, you, you uh-huh. can't use that. You've not Is seen that... scanners. Yeah. You, 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 your rights to use that gif have been instantly stripped away, unless you can confirm uh, you've seen scanners. Yeah. I, I wish I had that power to revoke people from using certain gifs. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just... You know, I feel like, yeah, it's only fair, I believe. Um, That's when I become the grouchy old man now. We're becoming our dads. It's like, <laughs> don't know what a floppy disk is, doesn't know what scanners is. Greater room. The world's leaving me apart, <laughs> leaving me behind. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. Hellraiser was one for me as well, actually. So and my dad owned that on VHS and I saw the box art and... That was when I was like, what the hell is this? Um, but yeah, obviously the movie posters were kind of like these big like illustrations, colorful illustrations that looked super gruesome, sometimes depicting something that didn't even really happen in the film. Mm. But yeah, uh, one one part of the of the documentary that I, I kind of enjoyed the message of was the fact that you had to commit to when you rent a movie from a video shop, you had to commit to watching it all the way through. You couldn't just stop halfway through and say nah that's not for me or stop 10 minutes in and say that's not for me you you'd gone through all the effort um as is mentioned in documentary you go through all the effort of going to the video shop picking out the video taking it home and you know it's like an it's like a ritual as you mentioned but like a huge event as well um so yeah i do kind of miss that yeah because you've spent i don't know how much money i don't i'm so young i don't remember how much renting tapes cost but I do remember that even if the film sucked, we'd still watch it and then we'd just bitch about it afterwards. But it was, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm trying to remember if there were any stinkers that I watched as a kid. But I th- I, I must well, that... have like put them out of my mind because all the ones that I ever watched from the from the video shop or just the ones we owned were absolute gems. Um, mm. Honestly, trying to think. I mean, even as a kid, when, you're, when you grow up, for, to me, there was no difference between the coolness of Terminator 2 and Jean-Claude Van Damme in Cyborg. <laughs> you know, both were great films to me as a kid and I thought they were both yeah. on the level. And then the older you get, and I think I revisited Cyborg about a year ago and I thought, oh my God, why did I like this? As a... Oh man. And yeah, I think it's probably the same with Street Fighter as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember liking Street Fighter. I do. I really do. I think, I think it's just because yeah. I had a crush on Kylie Minogue at the time. 
Oh well, you know that's that goes without saying. To be honest, I think she was. I think she was doing it with Jean Claude Van Damme at the time. And I'm pretty was sure she? he was coked off his head. Yeah, a lot of things happen on Street Fighter. Wow, I want to see a yeah. documentary about the making of that. Well, uh, funny you should say that. <laughs> right this next second, up. Street next up. behind the Hadouken. That'll be my next documentary. <laughs> don't 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 fuck with Jean Claude Van Damme. That's my next documentary. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was on blow. Uh, Raul Julia was. I'm pretty sure he was dying at the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Carly Minogue was just fresh from Neighbours, I think. So you know what could go wrong? Fresh from Neighbours. Uh... Fresh from Neighbours. <laughs> That's the name of the doc. <laughs> Excuse me. Are you fresh, fresh from, from Ramsey Street. <laughs> it's all over now, isn't it? Neighbours is done. Oh, that's it. Out the window. Did Kylie and Jean Claude come back? Why am I saying Jean Claude? Jean Claude Van Damme in Neighbours. (laughs) Harold. No, that's Schwarzenegger. I don't know why I did Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see Jean Claude Van Damme just turn up out of nowhere. Like vest top, kicking the crap out of Harold Bishop. I'd say that. Oh, yeah. I'd pay good money for that. Uh, I've not really answered. I've not really asked you any of the questions I've got here. But no, I, mean, I can what, talk about neighbors what, if you want. It's fine. <laughs> I prefer home and away. No, I don't. Uh, so I guess for, the first question is like, how did Cult of VHS come about? How was it born, and what was the process of it getting made? You said it's been three years in the making. So that was just pre, I guess, just pre-COVID. That the idea yeah. We we start. I came on board during I think just before the pandemic. I think, and it was all because I was working on a my first documentary feature documentary called uh, the Rob Knox story, and I was doing some research into Kickstarters, uh, just trying to raise funds for anything that I could get my hands on on my current documentary, and and I just found this page called cult of vhs and i thought well, that's interesting that looks a bit like in search of darkness so i mm-hmm. clicked on it and thought I'll, I'll give that a look see see what it's all about i watched some sort of trailer they pieced together and i was blown away by it and i thought that looks like my childhood that i mean you can still see the original trailer on the kickstarter page and when i watched that i thought i really want to see if i can get involved in this i had no idea that the director Rob was based in Mexico. Um, and, you know, Rob is an absolute gem of a human being. And he got in touch with me and said, you know, hey, I'd love you to get involved and help out. That's so nice of you. And I think I it was originally just an interview I did. And then over time, we just kept talking and he told me about his process, what he was doing and how lockdown was affecting him mentally. And I said, well, it's affecting us all. Do you need any more help on the the film? And eventually it just sort of snowballed to a point where it became a huge collaboration between myself, Rob, his brother, and Kevin Proctor, who's the other producer on the film. And we clicked instantly. And we ended up speaking to Graham Humphreys, who's the, you know, the greatest illustrator of VHS you know, box art ever, in my opinion, he's done some absolute amazing work, stuff that scared me as a kid. And we just, you know, pushed through it together, editing sections together, reviewing stuff, uh, adding more interviews as we went along. Uh, I took the reins on a certain part of the documentary, which I felt needed sort of more insight, which was the, 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 um, the video nasty section. And that was only because, 
I'm based in the UK. I've done research on it before. I, I sort of know about Mary Whitehouse, but we can do a little bit more here. So I had to sort of beef up certain sections and, and Rob and I worked so well together that, you know, it, it's amazing because I've never even met him. I will be meeting him <laughs> you at Fright be Fest. For the first that, time. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Fright Fest isn't just about Cult of VHS for me. It's about meeting my friend of three years in Mexico for the first time. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to give him a big hug and a kiss and um, tell him well done to his face because he's yeah. done an incredible job. That's so exciting, isn't it? So he's coming to Fright Fest and it's the first time he's been to the uk as well yeah first time he's been to the uk gonna buy him some fish and chips um because that's all i feel we have to offer at this point um yeah <laughs> we're gonna go see a few films together we've got like a list of films we want to go see at fright fest together and uh and yeah it's going to be absolutely incredible so it's it's you know this film has not only managed to secure itself in probably the greatest genre film festival in you know the uk but also it's bringing a lot of people together that I wouldn't necessarily have thought, you know, we'd be in the same room together. And it's, you know, a lot of friendships have blossomed from it as well. And that's just incredible to me. Yeah. Sounds, it sounds absolutely incredible. VHS brings people together, still bringing people <laughs> together, which is yeah, after uh, all this time, after 20 odd years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're excited for Fright Fest. So you, are there any films in particular that you're excited to see? Yeah, I definitely want to see um, Dario Argento's new film um, yes. because, and this is just between us and our listeners, I thought he was dead. So the oh, fact no. that he's come out with a new film, I was like, oh, yay, we've still got more Argento in the canon. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go see that. Um, I'm definitely interested in seeing the shorts because I'm a sucker for short horror films as well. Um, what else was there? Um, yeah, I mean, it does look like a great. A great lineup. The lineup is incredible this year. I mean, we're truly blessed with some amazing films. Um, uh, I was looking because the program for Fright Fest was released today, and I was just flicking through it, just going, "Oh my god!" There's, I'm almost spoiled for choice. That's mm. the problem. But I, you know, I, I just can't. I just can't wait. It's absolutely incredible. So I've got to make sure I divide my time up, and I'm not overlapping on anything. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to be bouncing from the Prince Charles to Cineworld, you know, back and forth, and then hopefully the pub. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself to the pub halfway through, not halfway through a movie, half in the in the gap between movies. Don't miss. Yeah, I think so. A Quick run down <laughs> one, then back into another. It's cinema. like going to a music music festival when you're trying to look, make sure there are no clashes between like your favorite bands. That's exactly uh, what it feels like. It feels like a theme park, but it's just going to be blood, gore, and lots of people loving horror. What a theme park as well. Uh, know, I've never right? been to Fright Fest. I really want to go, and uh, yeah, I'm not going this year, but hopefully next year will be the year when I'll be able to. Walk those fabled steps. Are they, are they fabled now? Those steps. The... I think so. They're pretty. Yeah. Everywhere you you know, when I think of Fright Fest, I just think of those stairs lit up in red and think, oh my god, I'm going to be walking those in eleven days time. So That's it's it. so cool. So your 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 movie will be at Fright Fest, and Dario Argento's movie will be at Fright Fest as well. Yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's got to be in itself a really really cool feeling. It is. There have been a few cool feelings. Um, that I've just ever since there was the announcement, I've been getting emails saying we want to review your film, and you know, thank you, Ben, for looking at our film. It's absolutely fantastic that people are actually taking an interest. But then I got an email from like uh, Kim Newman, and I didn't think anything of it, and I just thought 
that's not who I think it is who's going to be checking out our film and leaving a review. And I thought, oh God, I just, I just said hi, Kim. You know, please see a screener. I just didn't think anything of it. Should I call him Mister Newman or how does this how does <laughs> yeah. this work? And I, I kind of freaked out a little bit. I thought, oh God, Kim Newman. I just called him Kim. Is you know, should I do that? <laughs> Can I call him Kim? Can I call you Kim? Yeah, uh, that's pretty exciting though. <laughs> that's all. That's all really exciting. Um, so. I guess next up, well, I was going to say, what are your first memories of the VHS format? We did kind of cover that. But do you remember the first movie you ever saw on VHS? I mean, was it a horror or do you? I actually do. I mean, obviously, as a kid in the 90s, early 90s, obviously, I remember the Disney films and, you know, Sword in the Stone and Peter Pan and things like that. And um, going back to Neighbours, I actually do remember my mum having Scott and Charlene's wedding from Neighbours on VHS. Um, (laughs) She was there. She was invited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I do remember all the kids stuff, but the one film that that I remember having from quite a young age, and I think I got it for my first birthday and or, or my second or something, uh, was from my godfather, and it was Batman 89. And wow. it was in one of those plastic cases that was slightly bigger than other videos at the time, so it stood out on the shelf mm. like a sore thumb. And I just remember watching that film endlessly and though you know i'd never i mean obviously there was the batman cartoons and every kid loved superman growing up but there was something so dark and i mean it didn't even have a name burton-esque at the time for for batman 89 and keaton was so cool i'd you know i'd be running around the house as a little three sort of four year old whatever going you want to get nuts and people looking like what the hell is he on about and (laughs) It's just every line in that film was pure gold. Um, But that was the one that that I remember, you know, being completely blown blown away with was Batman. Mm. And and obviously then Batman Returns came out and Batman Forever. But that was the first one. And it was the only one that I remember where Batman just looked like the coolest character that I'd ever Mm. seen on screen. I'd seen Han Solo. I'd seen Indiana Jones. And then this guy puts on a mask and I just thought, wow, this guy's badass. I want to be Batman when I grow up. But obviously that would mean my parents would have to die and I don't want that. So I chickened out of that that yeah. that fantasy quite early yeah. on. Can't, can't turn his head though, Michael Keaton. No, 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 no. He has to turn his whole body. But still, he makes it look cool. He makes it look cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that that is a great... When when you said your Godfather bought I thought you were going to say The Godfather was the first VHS movie you had on your first yeah, birthday. He, he came to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and, you know, no. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it was just... I, I can name hundreds of VHS that influenced me over the years that I, that stuck with me. But if we had to name one, it was Batman. Mm. So are you a collector of VHS then? I am not. I it's it's a shame because I do own a few VHS which I refuse to get rid of. Um, like in the documentary I mentioned the Doctor Who tin box set which I've still got, but only because it was um, it came in like this collectible tin. I don't know if it's worth money now. It probably is, but it has one story with William Hartnell and one with Sylvester McCoy, and um, I just refuse to get rid of it. It's it's one of those things where it introduced me to Doctor Who. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. And I just thought, no, I'm not getting rid of that. I'm I'm going to keep that and I'm going to save it. And I have to this day for 30 odd years. So, mm. but I did come across, um, I've been working with a guy who's doing the subtitles for Cult of VHS. Um, 
and uh, I won't go into the details, but he handed me a copy of A Nightmare on Elm Street on VHS, and it was the original Graham Humphreys cover, all the blues and the orange font, and and for a moment I just became a kid again, and I tried yeah. to open the clamshell and I couldn't, and I thought I couldn't do it even as a kid. Like it's so stiff. Like how do I get it open? And then <laughs> eventually you go crack and it opens. <clears throat> you're like, did I break it? And just that feel and just thinking wow this was home entertainment now it's just mm. you know streaming or blu-rays or whatever but just to hold that tape in my hands i kind of felt a little bit of my past sort of returning just the the feelings and you know all these that and it was just great to see it again as well it was the, the exact same one my parents had on the vhs shelf at home so now unfortunately wow. i don't collect but every time i do come across one i you know, I, I just, it takes me back, especially if it was something that I owned, you know, in mm. the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I'd be fairly interested in, in collecting. I don't collect VHS. You either, don't collect? But okay. Don't, don't collect VHS, no. And I kind of always, I don't know, I've always kind of thought maybe, I think I'm getting to that point, you know, when you get to that point where you're kind of like, okay, phys- I mean, I collect vinyl, and now maybe I'm thinking, mm-hmm. is VHS the next logical step are you waiting on the fence are you seeing if others do it first and hmv start pumping them out again (laughs) not so much that like i really do enjoy and another thing that's covered in the documentary is like the treasure hunt um sort of style of of hunting for vhs Mm. and and purchasing vhs you know looking on ebay or sometimes you stumble across something being sold somewhere and they have absolutely no idea that it's worth any money or would be good for collectors uh, to get their hands on so that element of it is is quite exciting so yeah and um, it's like kevin martin in the documentary the <clears throat> guy who runs the video shop who i absolutely oh yeah love to bits he's so awesome um he says in the documentary that was it like 40 percent of films never went digital yeah so hold on to your vhs players and yeah. it's true what movie is it he mentions uh, uh the borrowers yeah i've i've never yeah. heard of that I've never heard of I'd that. never heard of it either but to be honest like you know for people who are collectors there are films out there that you know that are just going to fall through the net and we'll never see them ever again and it's a shame especially the straight to video yeah. films it's insane isn't it um I think... enough you can watch the borrowers on <clears throat> YouTube I did check it out so oh you can if you want to watch think... it someone's ripped it I feel like I want to watch it because even from I think it shows like what three seconds of it in the documentary and I was like I'm sold. I'm yeah, sold. exactly. Yeah, this. just that one little clip. But yeah, it's it's the whole film is on YouTube, so check it out. Yeah, it's not the movie about the tiny little people, anyway, is it? Before anyone. No, John Goodman's like not in this one. I don't think. No, maybe as a cameo. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Borrower. That's it. Here we go. I found it. Mm. So sorry, I just it was one. Of, it was it was one of those documentaries, and I, I feel like it with a lot of documentaries um, about horror movies and just movies in general i'm always kind of like writing down okay oh i've got to watch that oh this is next oh i've definitely got to hunt that down so mm. that was that was on the list definitely uh yeah so obviously you mentioned um what was sorry what was the guy's name who went, who went in the video store oh kevin martin yeah kevin martin yeah he i mean he was a very very interesting guy um was there like anybody in particular that you were really excited to include in the in the documentary yeah, well, I think Graham Humphreys sort of came on board just as I was coming on board. So I was super uh, <laughs> excited to see what he had to say. And I was hoping he'd talk about the evil dead. And he did. So I, I was, you know, incredibly chuffed that he did. And he spoke about video nasties and censorship, which, of course, 
he was slap bang in the middle of it all. So, um, but I think my dad would probably be have to, yeah, I think that would be my favorite interview that I got to do. And I shot that myself because obviously he's the man oh, who, wow. who, who brought me, I mean, this is a guy who, when my mom went out partying with her friends or whatever on a Friday night, and it would just be me and my dad at home, I think six-year-old me just turns to me and says, do you want to watch something called Return of the Living Dead, Aaron? And I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And that's great. Yeah, brains. And every, <laughs> ever since that moment, and and what was that? I think there was a bit where he like bites into his skull and things like that. I'd never seen so much blood and tits in a film before. I don't think I'd seen <laughs> boobs before that point. So that was a very, okay. you know, I didn't understand the 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 whole combination of what made a, a film of that time, like especially a horror film. Hmm. um you know all these tropes that you'd have and i remember it just blowing my mind and being super scared to go sleep and and then of course the nightmare on elm street came along and um oh my god i'm getting flashbacks of brain dead how could he have shown me brain dead as a kid uh, he's an awesome dad just want to <laughs> yeah, put that out to the listeners like he awesome is dad. kick-ass <laughs> he we, we we still watch horror films together that's the great thing i'm you know I'm in my 30s, he's in his 50s, and every once in a while we'll get together and watch a horror film. And it it takes me back, even without the VHS context, it takes me back to being a young kid, excited to watch a horror film with my with my dad and my brother now as well. So um so yeah, I, I think he was the most fun to interview because I knew the stories that he would talk about, but he also spoke about the first time he got a VHS player. And that's you know not a big deal, you know, for me because it was just there when I was you know born and whatever and grew up. But he talks about his dad renting a top loader for the mm. first time. I mean, renting a VHS player—that's weird to me. That's like renting yeah. a computer for the weekend so I can <laughs> you know do some. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna rent this PS4 or whatever. But you know, they had to rent <laughs> VHS players, which is just it's beyond me. But a lot of effort. Yeah, it's, Big, heavy it just old. seems like yeah to me a VHS player or a DVD player or whatever seems like you know a useful item like an oven or a microwave. A VHS player, you <laughs> got to return it. That sounds so sad. I would not want to be there the day that my dad had to return the VHS player back to the shop. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was coming out with all these interesting facts, and you know, and he was talking about how he'd wait for releases and again we spoke about the internet and how it was you know absent in the 80s and 90s or whatever and he did all he'd have would be a catalog you know he'd spool for this catalog waiting for upcoming films to come out and if he could get hold of them i mean it was a bit like me as well as a kid because there were i went through a huge hammer horror phase and i remember wanting to see anything with christopher lee anything with peter cushion and I think WH Smith's had a catalogue where you could just go through and order, you know, all these Hammer films and things. That's why I just remember ticking all these fucking boxes on <laughs> on this guy just going, yeah, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want uh, Dracula 80, 1972, I want Dracula, Prince of Darkness, I want uh, Frankenstein, this, and, and it just, and that was all you had. And then the day that they turn up to the store and you go in and collect it and, oh, oh yeah, it was just, you know, well, the weight as well. You know, yeah. none of that prime stuff. It was, you know, you had to wait a week or two for something to turn up. Big plastic box and the excitement of waiting for it as well. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. 
I know exactly. It's just the whole. I'm I'm so glad that we've got those memories because I think it just makes you appreciate. And it shapes it shapes who you become as like a film fan. Um, and it's just something that you can look back on fondly and again bond with people who have who have experienced the same thing. It's uh it's amazing, and I definitely felt that watching watching the documentary. Um, so how how do you expect audiences to feel watching Cult of VHS? What would you like to send them away with at the end of the documentary? I would. I mean, I'm I'm presuming that our fright fest audience are going to want to see this film because it resonates with them in the first place, and there is a, a huge interest there <clears throat> for an audience in general. Where you know, despite their age. I just want people to go away with a good feeling. And that's because of the feeling that Rob promotes in the film. It's a feel good film. It's not, it's not like we're mourning the loss of VHS. It's it's we're actually celebrating its influence. Even today, you know, we mentioned stranger things. We mentioned Kung Fury. We mentioned the fact that, you know, we've got VHS filters on our phones and things like that. So it's, we're embracing that, but we're also, giving a lot of context to why things were the way they were back then. And it's it's a good feeling. I want people to leave this film, you know, wanting to go and revisit all those older movies that they watched as a kid. I want them to go away and say, you know what, I'm going to see if I can track down Toxic Avenger on Blu-ray or if I can get Critters or if I can get this, that and the other. I, I want them to be able to go away and find those films that define their childhood. And for the younger audiences, I hope that we're presenting them with a world of films they've never seen before uh, films like, you know, Paranormal Activity and Saw and things like that. I want them to go back and discover films like The Exorcist. I want them to go back and discover <laughs> films like Friday the 13th and Halloween, you know? I mean, because there's a whole world of horror out there that, yeah, I hope it doesn't get lost over time because we keep celebrating it and you have your podcast and I won't stop banging on about these films. Um, I hope that someone goes and watches Phantasm. I really do. I hope we're doing these films justice in the documentary, but I just want people to go away and just get that video shop feeling. Go rent some movies, go buy some films, go celebrate these amazing filmmakers from long ago and and just have fun with it. It definitely worked there. I think if you if that was what you're setting out to do, me as like um, somebody who's a huge fan of horror, been watching horror movies since I was very young, there were plenty of films on there. Where I was like, I've got to watch that. Oh, I've got to see that. I've never seen Night of the Creeps. Oh, and, really? It's yeah. bloody brilliant. I watched it uh, a few years ago, <laughs> and it's got oh, what's his name, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins, um, yeah, yeah, from Halloween Three, and it's got some of the best. Like, I mean. He's, I don't know why he wasn't in more films, to be honest. And that film just had me in stitches. All it's exactly everything you'd want from one of those VHS movies, Night of the Creeps. It's yeah. just, I think my, me and my brother watched it on Halloween a couple of years ago, and I was not disappointed. It was everything and more. Yeah. Well, it was just one of those where I didn't know all that much about it. So as soon as I saw it was being covered, I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know much about this. And again, just from the couple of clips it showed, I was like, why don't I know anything about this? What's going on? I love Stop that though. Just... When you, when you, yeah, I was the same with when I, when I watched In Search of Darkness. That's how I discovered Night of the Creeps. Yes. I'd never oh, seen okay. it and I just watched a couple clips and I thought I got to track this film down. But again, even though I've worked on Cult of VHS, there are still plenty of films out there that I need to track down, like we were saying with The Borrower and um, and things like that. And I'm glad I've not watched them all 
You know, I, I'm glad there are still films out there where I'm like, right, I need to see Critters because I've never seen it. Um, and yeah, the, the search goes on, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, some sometimes they just there are plenty of films that just slip through the net, aren't they? Um, mm. And doing a horror movie podcast every week has allowed me to see some things that probably I even never would have seen, or um, I'm so glad that I did get around to seeing. So, um, if you do one on Night of the Creeps, get me back because I would love to hear your thoughts on Night of the well, Creeps. You know, most of the time when I do these interviews, I just can't help myself. I always invite whoever I'm interviewing to come and do a full episode. <laughs> so if you want to come and do a full episode with us on Night of the Creeps, um, maybe in the next couple of months, then... Yeah, I would love that. I would, I'd would. i be happy if you just said we're doing one on Tom Atkins. I'd be sold and I'd be there. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, uh, yeah, we've got a special on Tom Atkins. That's uh, it. 100%. I'll, uh, I'll make a note of that because that, sound, that sounds fun. I need to see it. And yeah. what better person to have on to discuss it? Amazing, um, thanks. So after Cult of VHS premieres at Fright Fest, where will people be able to see the documentary after that? So after we've done Fright Fest, um, oh, I'm not actually allowed to say because it's not been announced. There are festivals coming up okay. towards Halloween in the fall where we will be showing in other countries, but I can't say anything just yet. And We're very, very excited. And we're very, very honored to be given these opportunities. And it is because of Fright Fest. Um, but as soon as I have more information, I'll pass it on straight away because mm. it, we are working on something at the moment, two festivals after Fright Fest. And uh, for the backers on Kickstarter, there is a plan for them to uh, get their Blu-rays, which was part of the perks. So there is a... Oh, wow, okay. I know this is a podcast, but I've got to show you this later. Um, the, the Blu-ray sleeve looks like a VHS with a VHS tape being pulled out of it. And it just looks absolutely beautiful. And wow. uh, those will be going to the backers. I'm sure there'll be some bootlegs floating around in the ether if anyone can get their hands on them. But um, I thought you were going to go. say, when I said, where can we watch it? I thought you were going to say, we're going to be releasing it on VHS only. <laughs> no, it is going to be on VHS. I should have said that. It's um, They are making a limited bunch of and, and bless rob the director he's been sitting at um two vhs players and just you know having to record them in real time no uh, for the backers because there are people out there who have invested in this who um have been yeah they have been um wanting a vhs copy of it and i've seen the sleeves for them as well and they just look absolutely beautiful the fact that my second feature film that i've worked on is getting a VHS limited release blows my mind as well because yeah. obviously when when I when I was a kid and I wanted to make films and stuff I thought um, oh yeah I'd like to have my film one day on VHS and I remember taking out the sleeves of like films that I had as a kid and drawing my own ones and putting my name on them and whatever and saying that that will be my film one day thinking one day I'll grow up and my film will be on yeah. VHS and you know what fucking right I, I did it it's gonna be on yeah. VHS. Yeah. Dreams do come true. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Even uh, if no one has a VHS player. <laughs> some people do. Some um, people do, yeah. Some people. Um, so what do you think the future looks like for the VHS format? Do you think it's just going to be continuing this sort of trend of... Do, do, do you hope that this sort of like wave of nostalgia doesn't die off? Because I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about living in a world where a wave of DVD nostalgia comes in. I don't think we'll ever get that. No, I, I, I mean, I do remember when DVD came along and just 
my mind being blown at how clear the quality was and the pan and scan being removed and stuff like that. But with VHS, it's a tricky one because I don't want to upset anyone, uh, especially the enthusiasts. But I think VHS will always have a place. You know, uh, um, you know, it's a very niche culture, I think. But I think it will always be there in some form. You know, if even if we're just being nostalgic or you know stranger things have happened in terms of vinyl coming back and cds there is a need for physical media i think especially for people who you know i know a lot of friends who've just got rid of films and music because it's all on spotify it's all on netflix it's all on amazon but you know i've got a you know you're saying this is going to be on youtube right yeah well okay so over there behind me is a collection of a lot of physical media from Mega Drive yeah. games to DVDs oh, to Blu-rays, and I won't too. get rid of them unless my girlfriend tells me to, which I hope will never happen. Um, <laughs> but it's it's something that I I feel comfortable like just knowing that I have Guest House parody. So that's a really bad example, uh, but I know I probably won't be able to see that that's on a great Netflix. Example. That's a great it's, example. Uh, all right <laughs> candle in the eye and um yeah i just the films that you know i I love the fact that i've got like for example um i'm going to the shelf now like okay. our video for example yes are absolutely incredible i love my phantasm yeah you know yeah. i can get that on shudder or whatever but i love the physical copy mm. the reverse sleeves um and it's one of those things uh, if you've got if you've got it like I, i've got i've got I've not got a huge collection, but Blu-rays and DVDs and various things. If I've got it, I'd rather watch the physical media than, you know, find find it on, oh, yeah. on a streaming platform elsewhere. Agreed. You know, it's it's just one of those things. And with physical media, you know, like VHS and things like that, you know, I've got a copy here of They Live, but it's signed by John Carpenter. <laughs> oh, my God. And oh, wow. that, that was by mistake. Well. I got this for like... I think it was like eight or nine quid just you know on amazon used and new or whatever thinking i really want to watch they live came in the post and i had it checked out and yeah it's john carpenter's signature so someone out there just didn't know and i've ended up with a john carpenter sign they john live. carpenter signed my blu-ray how rude john exactly so thanks john i'm just gonna you know put this on amazon Cheers, or whatever john. for eight quid and oh, you know and with physical media i mean here's one that i love because it's signed by Adrian King herself. Oh wow! And Adrian she wrote a little message on stuff. it and stuff. It says, uh, "He's still out there, Adrian King, Alice." And I'm just he like, "Oh, you know, when am I ever going to get my hands? You know, you can't sign stuff that's streaming yeah. and whatever. So it's it's just mm. as important to me to have. It's those. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Finish that point. No, no, no. Sorry. It's okay. I, I just you know, it's important to me. I might not collect VHS, but I still collect. Um, physical media especially if it's a collection of something or or something that i know is you know something very special to me if i watch you know the latest release on netflix or whatever it doesn't necessarily mean i'm going to be like oh i gotta get that on mm. blu-ray oh, or whatever yeah. but if it's you know phantasm or friday 13th or as we were saying you know it, it's important i think and i and i get the collector's perspective completely yeah no, I mean that's a that's a great great answer, and yeah, I think just the the discovery, you know, with that, even though you're so, you're buying it on Amazon, the fact that a, a signed version has come through the door to you, like that discovery, that excitement, 
of of sort of feeling like you've got something that's rare and you know that sort of goes alongside collecting physical media as well so yeah hopefully. and no one not you can't beat that feeling of look what i've got and it's it's almost like i think you know showing off your sports car in, in many ways for collectors because i i know some collectors i know one guy who uh called Stuart Morris who runs Misty Moon uh, film festival and the Misty Moon Film Society in London and he's an absolutely amazing guy but i'm incredibly jealous of the fact that he has one of the freddy krueger gloves like from nightmare 4 i think it is and i think he's got an original <clears throat> jason machete as well and if you were going to go for collectors you'd be like wow that's <laughs> like oh you know fine you you do you but you would yeah, that, that I can't. I can't really compete with that. I'm. He could do like Freddy versus Jason, like himself. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm, next time I see him, I'm going to say, "Let's fight." Let's fight. Uh... Let's just go out in the garden. <laughs> let's just let's go, go out, out in the garden and play on. Freddy versus Jason. Come on, I know you're 50, but let's do this. Whoever wins, we no. That's Alien versus Predator. What's the, what's the tagline for Freddy? Whoever wins, Jason. we lose. Uh, what was? Place your bets, or was that the place tagline for the trailer? No, no, there was a bit in the trailer that says "Place your bets," and then it doesn't say it in the movie. Yes, exactly. I remember what was it, two thousand and two? That film came out. Oh my god, that film is yeah. twenty years old. It, it celebrated twenty its twentieth anniversary. Twentieth like anniversary. Three days ago. Three days ago. I mean, the film is a pile of cack, but mm-hmm. as a kid growing up with the Freddy franchise and the Jason franchise, and you always wanted it to happen. But I remember staying up late on the PC, waiting for this trailer to load or download. And I'll be honest, it was the most, like, everyone's probably going to go away and watch this now. But as a trailer, it's 101 in how to sell a film in terms Mm. of putting two franchises together. And I think Jason X had just come out before that. And that film is incredible. I don't care what anyone says. Whoever said, let's do Jason in space deserves, you know, (laughs) a, a lifelong hug. But, um, Bet, best death, the... well. yeah, he is at, at the start. Strange, yeah, David Cronenberg. In, in you know, so what were you saying? Best death, best death in the Friday the 13th franchise as well. In Jason X, potentially. Oh, is it the cryogenic frozen head that he smashes on the frozen counter? Head face, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's I good. do I like mean, the uh, sleeping bag bit where he's <laughs> trying to kill the holodeck <laughs> characters and he's just smacking them against the tree. Yeah, yeah, and it's just so tongue in cheek, and and it's you know Kane Hodder's last outing is Jason as well. So it's oh that film is so special, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then Freddy versus Jason is is okay. It's fun to watch for a laugh if you're into WWE or whatever, because it is just like one big long wrestling match, you know. Um, and it's you know anything with Robert England in it is going to be awesome anyway. So. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay, so the next part of this chat is a little quick fire round. Although some of the some of the questions I put down here, I feel like I'm going to know your answers now that I've been speaking to you for a while. Or so uh, you think. Or so I think. Don't judge me. You Ooh, don't. Wow, know, you wow. know nothing of me. You don't know me. You sound like my dad. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so quick fire round. Here we go. Be mm. kind. Rewind. Or oh, I haven't got time for that. Be kind. Rewind. Yeah. Always. Always blockbuster or mum and pops. Blockbuster. English. Uh, rent for yeah. Rent for one night or rent for two nights. Ooh. Ooh rent for one night. Yeah. Just one. One and done. Just video one, nasty. One's all I need. Video <laughs> video nasty or highbrow horror. Highbrow horror. Yeah. 
time frames. Let's see, I thought you'd go for video nasty. 70s, yeah. 80s, or 90s? Um, oh, it's got to be the 80s. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, movie night snack, popcorn or pizza? Oh, pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Yeah. Watch alone or watch with friends? Definitely watch with friends. Definitely. Happy ending or hint for sequel? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, hint for sequel. I don't care what film it is. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Schindler's List. Oh, wait, that's a bad one. Um, <laughs> hit, hit for a sequel. <laughs> it could be a sequel here. Like There's a, a bigger like list. A... No. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger list. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that that's it. Um, you did, I was going to say you did very well, but you know. Oh, it's they not, were right and wrong. It's not answers, that kind of quiz. No, maybe in my head. I uh, think I lost yeah, points so that... for Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so last que- last question is: uh, What are you working on currently, or and or next? What's next after Cult VHS? Um, so at the moment, I'm actually going back to shorts. Um, I'm working with who I mentioned earlier, Stuart Morris uh, from Misty Moon, and we're working on a short horror film called Paradolia. Now, this, uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with the term pareidolia, but it's when you look up at the sky or, um, you know, inanimate objects and you think you can see a face or a pattern, but it's just your mind trying to connect the dots and make some sense of what you're seeing. So when you see a a man on the moon, there's not necessarily a man on the moon. It's just what you're, you know, you're seeing the eyes, nose, mouth, whatever. But we're taking that a step further with the fact that our, main character in the story is being stalked by an entity that remains hidden but she can see it uh i won't give too much Hmm. of the plot away but it's it's a really 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 good script and i'm so happy that my dad wrote it which is incredible so i get to work with my dad again no way Um, it's the first thing he's written in so many years so I'm, i'm super stoked for it and uh, the best part is working with Stuart Morris. He has a lot of connections within the horror film genre, part of the industry. And playing our lead is Diane Franklin from Amityville 2, The Possession. She was one of the princesses in Bill and Ted. Um, oh, Joanne, okay. I think she was. Uh, she was in Better Off Dead. Wow. She was in um, Last American Virgin. So, And she's absolutely lovely. She loves the script. She never does short films either. So this is like, no pressure. It's got to be good <laughs> or we'll never ever hear or speak of this film ever again. Um, wow. We've also got um, Graham Cole, isn't it? From The Bill, which is incredible. He's absolutely lovely. Uh, we've got Carolyn Pickles, who was in Broadchurch and The Bill also and Harry Potter. And we also, and this is a really good one as a cameo because she's doing all the bits recorded. Sandy Johnson from the original John Carpenter's Halloween. Now, Sandy played um, Michael Myers' sister in the opening of the film. She gets stabbed by the little Michael Myers in the clown suit, and she's going to be doing a little cameo for us voiceover-wise. So it's it's horror galore, this film. Yeah, it sounds it. Uh, Great title as well. Really like that. Thank you, yeah. I mean, we're, we're super looking forward to it and we can't wait to get started we start shooting in october and i think we wrap up in february but um it's definitely worth it and you know this is all harking back to the vhs era for me anyway because you know we're talking about all these classic films especially amateurville and things like that and i'm thinking oh my god i can't believe i'm i'm living that life right now where everything is just pure horror which is not 
entirely where I saw my life going, to be honest. But, you know, just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. So uh, I'm <laughs> happy with that. you back in. Where can our listeners find out more from you or keep up to date with your projects? Did you, you want to maybe give us your social I'll plug socials. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, at Cult of VHS, so you can keep up with our progress. Um, we will be dropping all our updates on there as well. So if you, yeah, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook. All the same handle. Amazing. I will put all of those links in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on a podcasting platform, uh, those links will be in the show notes. There we go then. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. Uh, thank you so very much, Aaron, and best of luck for Fright Fest. Enjoy yourself. Thank you very much. And Dad, if you're listening, I miss you. Come home. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, just get just drop us a DM and we'll we'll uh, pass it on to Aaron if you've got a message. Thanks, Dad. See ya. <laughs> Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.